Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. What a beautiful day. These are the days we live in Colorado for, isn't it? You know, there is so much going on in the outdoors this time of the year. We're, we've got um, archery season and muzzle loading. We're on the brink of getting some upland game with dove season, and then after that we'll be pheasants and quail. We've got the waterfall seasons. Kids are back in school. We've got the sporting events going on. And then there's a lot less people on the water, so the fishing can be just phenomenal as we get into the fall. The fishing gets better, but it's not as crowded. So it's kind of like pick what you want to do and just have a good time. Uh, Just so much, so much going on. We're going to cover a lot of it today. Before we get to our first guest, though, I want to talk to you about our Facebook page. If you really want to stay in tune with this show, follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Now, we don't post 10 or 12 things a day. We're not going to inundate you. Usually about one, not even one every day. Sometimes a day will get two and sometimes we'll go a couple days without posting, but it probably averages about five, six times a week at the most that we post. But what we do is we tell you if there's a special interview coming up, like last week when we had the director of parks and wildlife on, we, we put links back to every time we do a tackle talk on the show, we do a link back to it. We get a special interview or a special ask the expert question then we link back to that. We put our television shows up on YouTube and My Outdoor TV. Every time a new show goes up, there's a link to that on our Facebook page. So there's a lot going on. If I get out in the field here, if I'm out on the water, I'll give you an update on what I experienced while I was out there. So we'll really try to keep you informed and in tune with this show. That's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Now we, it all, And I write a weekly column for the Denver Post. The link to that is posted every week on our Facebook page, so you don't have to go search for it. If you follow us and like us on Facebook, you'll see every time it goes up because it doesn't always go up the same day. So there's a lot going on there. So we really want you to follow that Facebook page, stay in tune with us, uh, and then, you know, listen to our podcast, be part of the show, and we want you to participate in our Ask the Expert. We're starting to get a lot more questions, and how that works is you send your outdoor questions to terrywickstromoutdoors at at gmail.com, Anything outdoors, fishing, hunting, camping, if we answer it on the air, you get a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. Right now, I want to go right to the phones. And joining us, somebody if uh, over the years has participated in my television show. He's been a fishing guide. He's a waterfall guide, hunter, waterfall hunting guide. He's uh, an avid angler and tournament fisherman, Jeff Caldwell. Good morning, Jeff. Morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. And I heard a couple of weeks ago you had a pretty decent outing. <laughs> well, we got lucky. It's it about time. It was uh, I could fish that thing for about I think 17 out of 18 years, and, and actually managed to win that thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and we're talking about the full moon open on Horse Tooth Reservoir. We're going to talk about the smallmouth bass fishing because it has changed out there, hasn't it? But before we uh, before we get to that, uh, you know, people who they see tournament fishing on television and things like that. Now you don't only fish the full moon open once a year, you fish some of your club tournaments. Those are a great way to dip your toe in the water. If you want to experience tournament fishing, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it can be, it's bass fishing one one And for guys that maybe don't have, even have a boat, I mean, they can go and, uh, 
they can join the club and, and like our club the Centennial Bass up here in, in Colorado, you can join it and and get on board and you get a chance to go fish tournaments and you can fish a lot of lakes here in our state as well as out of state even on some of them and it's it is it's a great way to you know try your hand at tournament fishing and not only that but actually learning techniques from from other guys that may be really really good at, at doing a certain technique you know oh you're absolutely right there's a there's a commonality of purpose and a camaraderie than the clubs that um, now, right before or during a tournament, they may not, they may be hesitant, but guys will share what they're doing. And when you get to the weigh-ins, they're going to tell you how they caught the fish, and everybody's going to learn from it. And my experience going back, I haven't fished tournaments in 20 years. That's hard to believe since I'm only 35. But, <laughs> but you know, but but I fished tournaments at a very high level for a while, and the th- you'll learn more in one tournament than you will in years on the water because you're forced to focus on all the details. That's right, and and that that generally nine times out of ten, as you know, Terry, is is the one. That's what makes or breaks you too. Is the guy that can actually make that adjustment and say, you know what, it's not working. I'm gonna scrap it, and I'm doing something totally different. And those are the guys that can do that. Are the, the guys that consistently do better at, at at being able to fish tournaments, no matter where it is. But that's that's a hard thing to do sometimes. Is when you're catching them and just be able to throw it out the window and try something different you know you're absolutely right speaking of different hasn't the smallmouth bass fishing evolved on horse tooth reservoir oh it's incredible it is incredible i've 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 really been excited about that Terry. as you know you and i kind of talked about it but man i'll tell you it is it's awesome i mean in the last couple of years i've actually caught like four smallmouth now out of horse tooth over four pounds I caught one that was 412. Chad Lachance, as a matter of fact, saw that fish, and and several several guys actually saw it. Ray Archer over in in uh, Kersey there, but uh, huge smallmouth, and they've they've evolved with that bait fish, you know, bouncing back, and and with the new bait fish that are available for them. And man, we've got a real lake up there now. Well, we really do, and you know, it used to be years ago. You'd go out and it was just a smelt-based lake, and you'd go out to Horse Tooth Reservoir, and you'd get some walleyes, and you'd get a ton of those little six to twelve-inch smallmouth bass. You could have a good time, but if you caught one fifteen inches, it was like wow. And 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 then you're right, the bait evolved. There's shad, there's smelt, lots of crayfish, and with the shad and the smelt being prolific, it's pulled a lot of those walleyes offshore. And not that smallmouth won't go offshore and eat there too; they do. But it's allowed this huge crayfish population that everything was eating for a while when the bait had crashed. And now they sit there and they gorge on those crayfish, which are so rich, and the growth rate is phenomenal. Karen and I went out. Uh, I don't know, it was three, four weeks ago. Now, it's on my Facebook page, by the way, folks. You'll see pictures of us, Terry Wicks from Outdoors on Facebook. And we caught, I don't know how many smallmouth bass we caught. We just, we caught, we were out running the boat. We weren't even going to fish, Jeff. But we said, let's uh, throw a few baits, a few soft baits. And she drug one off the side of a point, a little gulp minnow, and hooked up a small one. We, But we were kind of in, tucked in on the inside. So let's go to the outside of the point. I put a tube on. She put a tube on, and we caught more probably smallmouth over 16 inches than we did under. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 incredible. I'll tell you that the fish are they're healthy. They, you know, like you said, I mean, they've got such an abundance of of, of prey now. They have not only have they got the smelt because the smelts are back and forth. Now gizzard shad. I mean, we actually I fished a little tournament up there. 
Um, we fished one on Thursday night up there again, and the fish that we were catching were just absolutely gorged and puking shad all over the deck of the boat. So now they've got the shad. They've got bluegill now, which we never had at Horsetooth. There's huge amounts of bluegill there. And and then, of course, the crawdads. So, I mean, they... <laughs> I mean, they've got a perfect storm. We've got a, an opportunity that, that we could really, truly see some true giant smallmouth in that reservoir, which is just thrills me because it's like 18 minutes from the house, you know? Well, it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like five minutes from my house. To, to, somebody <laughs> I know, wants you're to lucky. <laughs> some of these people that, you know, maybe are, are new to the area or haven't fished horse tooth, can you give them a few pointers? Now, I don't think you have another tournament coming up there for a while, right? So you can... Uh, not for a bit here. I think the... <laughs> Not till September or something, but I'd tell them anyway, probably. So, well, how would you approach if if you're you know going out to fish horse tooth for the first time? How would you go after those smallmouth? Well, and, and you're talking now is, is like at this time of year, Terry. Obviously, yeah, right now. Guess. Yeah, just right now. Right now, what's happened is is like you had mentioned too about the walleyes. A lot of those smallmouth have moved offshore, and and when I say that, you know, obviously it's. Um, you know, some of these smallmouth can honestly be over 50, 60, 70 feet of water, and they're suspended. They're chasing smelt. They're chasing shad. They are extremely tough to catch when they're out doing that. But where you can catch them is if you get any of those, like you were talking about, where you and Karen fish, those long extending points, any kind of an offshore hump, you can catch those fish right now. And the best way to do it is honestly, just like you said, you can either drag a tube, a Ned rig, is is a great way to catch those fish as well. We fished the tournament on Thursday, Colton and I did, and he caught a lot of our fish on a Ned rig. Tell people what uh, that is. Basically, it's it what it is. It's a Z-Man plastic, and it, it's a TRD. It, a lot of guys call it the turd bait because <laughs> it's it's TRD, but it basically is just it looks it's a Cinco basically is what it looks like. But the difference with the Ned rig. On that Z-Man plastic, is it's an elastic, so it stands up vertical in the water. So when you put it on a jig head, you put it on a mushroom jig head, it stands up straight up off the bottom to where those fish can really see it, and that really makes a difference. And basically, you're just dragging that on the bottom. Have you done any well, drop shotting for them? The drop shotting, that was the other technique I was going to tell you that really works right now, but the drop shotting works great. You can use... a the little gulp minnows that you were talking about earlier too. The the little the gulp alive works fantastic. Um, the other thing that works is a little cinco. You can use a small little three inch cinco. You can use um, the dream shots. The the like the KVD Strike King dream shot works really good. The fish a lot of times when they're out there are not as terribly particular as you may think. It's just. The old adage, you know, is that uh, 90% of the fish live in 10% of the water. If you're not fishing in that 10% of the water, you're wasting your time. And you need to right now concentrate on those depths over 20 feet. And, and, I, I would and, that, and, and that's say, a change because about three, four weeks ago, they were about 15 to 20. That is exactly right. They have moved very quickly in the last couple, which is, is interesting because they're actually early, in my opinion, for up there because they have moved from that 15. And you can still catch some fish in that 15 feet, but they're not the quality. The quality ones have moved out deeper. They're over 20 feet, in my opinion. There's still some good ones up shallow, obviously, or at night. You know, those fish will move shallow to feed on crawdads, but most of them are deeper now. 
Well, and the other thing, too, is uh, right now, if you're looking for the quality fish, not that you can't catch one almost anywhere because fish are spread out through the lake right now, but you're probably not going to get quality fish back in the coves, even if there is deep water. They're probably going to be main lake fish. You know, and that that has always that's been a baffling question for me up there because even some of those coves, Terry, they, they, you know, they still got water that's over a hundred feet deep, and that has always blown my mind that those fish won't spend their entire um, summer back in those coves. You know, throughout the course of the summer, throughout the course of the winter. But I think more than anything, what it is is just like you and I were talking about is the majority of that bait being pelagic, they're moving out into the main body of the lake to feed on, you know, the zooplankton and stuff like that. And so I think the fish just literally follow them. All right. We're going to run out of time here, Jeff, but that's great advice. All I can tell people is get up and take advantage of horse tooth. What a great smallmouth bass fishery it's turned into. It is phenomenal. I do have one. I want to take one minute, though. I know you guide for waterfall. Want you to plug your guide service, but give us an update. You know, we're a little bit away, but you got a feeling for this year's season? Well, it looks good. I mean, goose numbers are up. Duck numbers are still at long-term averages are good. So we, there should be plenty of ducks coming as well. But uh, it looks real good. But, yeah, if anyone's interested in uh, we would we would love to have you here. We've got uh, a lot of locations spread from, from up north, clear down to Longmont and out east. So we've got lots of locations with that the, we have available to, our, to hunt and, on a daily basis. And we'd love to have you. So, just check us out. You can either give me a call or uh, you can just check us out at uh, www.frontrangeguideservice.com. But we'd love to have you if you want to do some goose or duck hunting this fall. Frontrangeguideservice.com? That's it. All right. Well, you know what? When they're out duck hunting, goose hunting with you, they can pick your brain a little bit about that smallmouth fishing, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'll tell you. I, I still love to hunt, but I'll tell you, it's still, I, I still think it's bass, Terry. It really is. I like the walleyes, too, because I like to eat them, but I still think it's bass for me all around. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. You bet. Jeff Caldwell from Front Range Guide Service. You might want to hook up with him. What a great guy. You will enjoy your time. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey smoked salmon. There's smoked salmon. The secret is in the fire. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us now is Pete Furman. He's the park manager over at James M. Robb State Park. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Is it as beautiful over there as it is here today? I mean, it is gorgeous here today. Well, it's outstanding, I would say. We've got partly cloudy, and right now it's not 90 degrees, which I think is what we're supposed to get to. So the morning's nice. Oh, it really is. You know, I want to—I wanted you to tell where the park is, but before we even do that, you know, you mentioned it's 90 degrees. One of the things about coming over, it's over on the west slope, and I'll let you give them the location in a minute, but you guys do tend to stay a little warmer getting into the fall than we do here, so I bet you have some great camping opportunities very late into the year there. Sure. Um, yeah, the weather stays pretty moderate all the way into mid-November, um, and things start to taper off uh, a little bit then. And then the other thing is we warm up quicker than it does on the front range. So if people have you know, spring fever or what have you, they're usually able to start camping um, probably in early March. Why don't you tell people where the park's located and kind of describe it? Okay, so the park uh, is a river-based park. It's located in Mesa County. The Easternmost portion is Island Acres, and that is just east of Palisade a little bit. 
Um, and then the westernmost portion is going to be down in Fruta. Now, I want to talk about some of the other amenities and activities that are there. But one of the great things you have is camping. How many campsites do you have throughout your locations? Oh, in aggregate, um, we have about 157 campsites, and that's roughly split evenly between Island Acres and Fruta. So you know, those are the two areas with camping, and each you know, has roughly 80 campsites. You know, in addition to um, the activities at each area, and we'll talk about those in a minute, some fishing, some swimming, things like that, what a great place it is to come and just experience that part of the state because you have things like, I think you have the Peach Festival going on right now. I'm a big deal with the wine festival. I love to come over there because of the wine. I, I'll admit it. I love that wine, the wineries sure. over there. You've got waterfall hunting, but it's a great place to stage and experience the, the Western Valley over there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, one of the things that's, I think, unique and, and nice about the park that I manage uh, is it also has a riverfront trail, which links not only the park sections, but links uh, to some of these other trail systems uh, that you can either mountain bike on, road bike. You've got a link to the Colorado National Monument. Uh, you can do some hiking by foot, uh, as opposed to anything else. Uh, so there's lots of opportunities, and it's all linked with a riverfront trail going through these these sections of state parks uh, throughout the Grand Valley. Now, it's on the Colorado River, and when we say that, people immediately think of cold water and trout, but you're down in the lower elevations. Uh, that that, that cold water and trout exists more upriver from you. You actually have fairly warm water and probably warm water fishing species is primary. Uh, you have both. Um, okay. I would say some of the, some of our ability to manage a warm water fishery, uh, is impacted by the endangered fish recovery program. Uh, but we do have some warm water fish. Uh, we've got largemouth bass, crappie, uh, bluegill, bullhead cats. And then if you're fishing the river, um, you can catch channel catfish. Uh, but you just need to be aware that you could also catch endangered fish and you need to know the difference and need to be able to return them immediately. Um, and then trout is stocked in the majority of the parks I manage. Uh, but yeah, when the water temperatures get uh, a little bit warmer, it can be a little more difficult to catch the trout because they're going to try to go as deep as possible and and survive the hot temperatures, basically. Right. And and a lot of that stocking takes place in ponds you have there, right? And there's some panfish in those ponds too, is that right? Correct. Uh, so we do stock, um, and typically the stocking occurs in the spring and in the fall. So that's another reason to, to maybe come out during those shoulder seasons. Um, during the summertime, the water temperatures start to get a little bit higher, and it's not as, I guess, receptive to stocking fish. Now, one other activity that's really starting to take off over there, and that's waterfall hunting. Tell us what you have for that. Correct. It's one of the nice things, again, about managing this park is there is uh, there's all these river-based areas, a lot of ponds. Um, we also have, you know, unfortunately, a lot of invasive species, but I've been able to work with the Tamaris Coalition to get rid of some of the invasive species, and in doing so, not only are we improving the habitat, um, but we're also improving waterfowl hunting opportunities, uh, and then also, you know, I should also mention we are getting uh, help from the duck stamps uh, to do some of this habitat work and, and improve the waterfowl hunting also. So right now, we've been able to add about five waterfowl blinds to the park, and then you also have some, you know, pre-merger 
wildlife properties that have some blinds. So there's pretty good waterfowl hunting opportunities throughout the Grand Valley, but especially within my park. Well, and people need to realize that it's different than the Front Ranger. It's a totally different flyway. So the timing of the birds coming down and the number of resident birds can be different and your successful times and weather can be different. So you can, you know, alternate and plan some hunts over there and, and, you know, and you're looking at a whole different group of birds to hunt and it could be a whole different result. So that gives a great opportunity. We're going to have to let you go here in a minute, Pete. But one thing I did want to mention is I know you're pretty busy this time of the year, but after school starts, do you still need reservations or can you first come first serve? What's the best thing? You know, I would, if it's a weekend, I'd recommend reservations. And for Fruta, I'd recommend reservations year-round. Um, Island Acres, if it's weekends, you need reservations. Uh, but during the week, we can probably accommodate folks. Um, the website that they can make reservations through is cpw.state.co.us. And that has a lot of other information on there. And then the phone number for reservations is 303-470-1144. Pete, thank you so much. Great park. I hope people get over and enjoy it. We have so many great resources in this state, and enjoy your beautiful day. All right. Thanks, Jerry. You bet. We're going to go right back to the phones now, and joining us from Adventure Camper is Ray. And, Ray, I'm ready to hook one of your units up and get over there, do some fishing, and wait for the ducks to come. Well, you'd be the unusual one this weekend, Terry. Everybody else is headed up to watch the eclipse. Oh. uh, Yeah, good idea. Karen and I driving down lost count of the number of RVs headed north. It is turning in to be an event. An event, that is for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, it really is. Um, You know, we haven't talked a lot. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about different topics, but we haven't got back to the core of Adventure Camper business. You started out as a rental. You just do trailers, I think, from, well, you can give us the sizes. I think they started at 17, and now you do sales. So tell people again what you do at Adventure Camper. Well, that's that's right. We started off as a rental company and still are. Uh, we rent travel trailers and pop-ups. Um, but then we, we got into the sales side of things about three or four years ago. We've always sold our used trailers, uh, but we started selling new units from Viking, Realite, Sonoma, and Solaire. Uh, so we have a nice range of trailers everywhere from very, very popular ultralight travel trailers, about 3,000 pounds, you know, just about anybody with a V6 can tow one, you know, all the way up to higher end, more luxurious 26, 28, 25-foot models. So we got, um, you know, something for everybody if you're in the travel trailer market. And they're all towables. And I tell you what, I've been through your place and looked at the floor plans on these, and almost everything has pullouts anymore. I mean, when you get in one, it's not the old trailer feel. You feel like you're sitting in a living room somewhere. They are so plush. Oh, these are gorgeous. The Sonoma line especially are beautiful, beautiful campers. They really do a nice job with them. And this is a great time, isn't it? Because you've got inventory coming in. We got inventory coming in. We're starting to recover a little bit from uh, a busy summer, but we've got uh, good inventory back in stock right now. And, and uh, fall is always the best time to get a deal on buying a camper. So if, if your listeners out there are in the market for a trailer, uh, the next couple months is the time to buy one and get the best deal of the year. How do they find you, Ray? We are at adventurecamper.com on the internet. You can see all of our inventory for sale there. And we're located near Arapahoe Road and Jordan Road down in Centennial if you want to come visit us today. All right, my friend, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy it, Terry. Thank y- you. You bet. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. I want my TV.
Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest motorcycle and ATV dealer. We're going right back to the phones because I want to spend plenty of time on this topic. Uh, joining us from Pueblo uh, State Park uh, is Doug Pacelli. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Terry. You know, one of the things I love having you on, Doug, is when we talk during the week before the show, is we're going to talk about the fishing at Pueblo quite a bit. And you have such a passion that you love to fish it yourself, and that really comes through. And I think it just translates to understanding what people want to hear and, and getting them excited about being out there. So welcome to the show. Before we get into the fishing and what's going on, tell people where Pueblo's located in case they're new to the area. Yeah, sure. Pueblo's uh, 80, 90 miles south of Denver, and then we're about three to four miles west of the city of Pueblo. Um Right outside of Pueblo, Terry. Uh, real great park out here, Lake Pueblo State Park. Um, it's one of the bigger parks in the state park system. Yeah, not only water, but you've got pretty good land on that park, too. We sure do. Uh, if you count everything around the uh, lake and everything, we have about 60 miles of shoreline here. Uh, the lake is, is full. Uh, we're at capacity. It's been that way for the last three years. Uh, which is, you know, a nice relief coming out of, you know, our 10-year drought that we had in the early 2000s. So it's a, it's a welcoming uh, sight to see all this water out here. And it's especially been good for all of our fish uh, in the lake, especially the warm water fish. Our bass populations, the walleye and the crappie have all taken off uh, because of the high water. Uh, they've had real uh, successful spawns for the last uh, three years because of that high water. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about how that high water not only affects the quality of the fish and the health of them, how good it is, but how it affects the fishermen. Before we do that, though, people coming down, you got plenty of campsites. Tell people a little bit about that. Sure. We've got uh, 400 campsites at Lake Pueblo State Park. Uh, the majority of the sites are electrical sites. Um, last winter, uh, the park took on a major upgrade for the uh, electrical sites. They, all the sites were upgraded from 30-amp service to 50-amp service, and that's worked out real well. Um, we haven't had any electrical shutdowns or anything like that or, or an overload on the system because of the uh, improved uh, electrical system. Um, winter camping is very popular at Lake Pueblo. Uh, we're going to have... Um, I think two loops in our Northern Plains campground section are going to be open through the winter. Those are electrical. We'll have one loop in Juniper Breaks, which is non-electrical. And we'll have another loop at the Arkansas Point campground on the south side of the lake uh, open during the winter as well. Uh, speaking of that then, um, we had talked about this a couple days ago. The fall fishing is just getting started to take off here, Terry. Um, you know, late September all the way through October, even into the middle of November, is is historically a really good time for the bass fishing at, at Pueblo. And a lot of the crowds, uh, you know, will, will dissipate after uh, Labor Day. So, you know, if, if there's folks out there that have maybe held off coming or weren't able to get reservations or something to that effect, uh, you know, the fall is going is to be really a great time to be here. The daytime highs won't be quite as uh, hot and the, but the fishing is going to be on fire uh, come October. Well, it really will. And, you know, there's a phenomenon going on in the state right now where typically on most of the reservoirs in Colorado, you'd be fishing falling water or reservoirs that have been pulled down substantially for irrigation. We went through a 
significant runoff this year, which filled everything just about. And then we had a dry period, but then we had two or three weeks recently with a lot of precipitation. And I know the Arkansas River has been running quite a bit higher than normal, and that, of course, feeds into Pueblo. So you've got a lot of water going through that. So some reservoirs are seeing some decline. Some are stable. Some are even rising. You told me that Pueblo is over seven feet higher than it was this time last year. Yeah, that's correct. The uh, the vertical elevation um, is about seven feet uh, vertical feet higher than it was a year ago, and we really haven't dropped. I think we've maybe dropped one or two vertical feet since the middle of May, since the runoff uh, started, because of all the rainstorms and, and stuff like that. So the lake has remained high, uh, which is really help the fish. Oh, Um, you're absolutely right. What that's done is you alluded to it, the warm water species like the bass and the crappies and even some bluegills, I would think, have have had excellent spawns because uh, at past years during the drought, they would just lay their eggs, the water would go down. We've had two or three years at least of high water and higher than ever. So those populations are rebounding. But what it does... um, what it, what it does, it also affects the fishing and the fishermen, Doug, because now we've got these fish not only spread out, but in different places when they were used to finding them. Yeah, that's correct, Terry. Um, you, a fisherman's going to have to work a little bit harder to find the fish because of, you know, all the water that we have. You know, they're spread out a little bit more. There's there's a lot more habitat for them. So if if somebody can get out and, you know, locate the fish, they're going to get into better fish. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, a good reward if you can, you know, get into a pocket of fish. Um, you're, you're going to be rewarded with, with quality-sized fish. Well, and we're getting into the fall, which is going to help. That will help concentrate these fish because the bait fish are one of the big keys, especially the walleyes and some of the smallmouth are going to be that they're going to be locating. These bait fish are going to begin to school up. Now, first, they'll be by shore. There'll be some surface fishing. You'll see some ner- nervous water. You might get a big wiper yet out of there, too, in addition to the bass. Then they're going to school up, and those bait fish are going to school around. They're pelagic, but they'll kind of hang out by points and humps and things, even though they're suspended. And then we'll get into that fall spoon bite, which, by the way, if people wanted to go, they can go. I wrote an article on that fall spoon bite at Pueblo, Last year in the Denver Post, just go to the Denver Post and Google my column. During that period, not only was the walleye fishing extremely good, the bass fishing, the catfishing comes on under there, too. In fact, a state record flathead came out during that period. That's true. Um, That's very true. I I believe that uh, it was Mr. Black, I believe. Charlie uh, Black, yep. Yep. He was uh, fishing, I think, for walleye, wasn't he? He was, yep. He hooked into that, that big flathead. Yeah. You know, another thing, too, you mentioned the largemouth have come back. They tend not to get as pelagic as the walleyes and even the smallmouth. I mean, they can. The fish will go wherever they can to eat. But because there's so much forage in the lake and it's spread out, they're able to stay maybe closer to the shoreline habitat. What's the largemouth fishing been like? You know, the largemouth uh, fishing's been, been, I think, better uh, in the last three years because of that, because there's more habitat, there's more cover, there's a lot of uh, you know, stick-ups and, and, you know, submerged brush and stuff like that that, you know, that the largemouth kind of hang out in. And their habitat has improved, which in turn has, you know, improved the fishing. And the quality of the largemouth that we're seeing coming out are, are really nice fish. Uh, I think you caught a nice one right offshore not too long ago. Yeah, that's correct. Last fall, I, I got a largemouth that was probably 19 inches. I didn't have a tape, but uh, I measured it off the uh, the length of the uh the, the rod handle, but yeah, it was a nice fish, uh, probably four pounds. Um, and a lot of guys have been pulling those out lately. There's a really a good population of largemouth. The smallmouth 
has always been pretty good around here with a lot of quality fish. And the spotted bass is, is really starting to take off, and we're seeing a lot of uh, quality spotted bass coming out as well. And you're one of the few reservoirs that has all three. So we know the fishing's going to change getting into the fall. These fish are going to group up. You'll probably see them, people going after them with jigging spoons, jigging rapalas, maybe even jigging itself. But right now they're probably suspended. I would think the best bite right now has probably been trolling. Yeah, that's true, Terry. Uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of reports of guys going out and getting, you know, really nice fish uh, trolling. Um, guys have been getting wipers uh, trolling, uh, walleyes, um, you know, occasional trout here and there. But the trolling bite's been good. I've talked to some guys that uh, they've been finding walleye anywhere from 20 to 60 feet of water. Uh, so they're, you know, they're spread out in, in different areas, and uh, bottom bouncers, stuff like that's been working for the walleye. Uh, I believe the uh, the bass bite has been pretty consistent with soft plastics. Uh, a lot of guys are reporting success with soft plastics and, and crankbaits right now on, on the bass. All right, Doug, we got to run, but it's a great fishery. It's going to get even better, and it's going to fish well, well into. I've I've had my boat out there in December and January because your boat ramps don't close. And there's going to be good fishing to come for several, several weeks out there yet. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Terry. Have a good day. You bet. Uh, that's a Doug from Pueblo Reservoir. That is still one of the premier fisheries in the state. I don't get down there enough. It is phenomenal. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest motorcycle and ATV dealer. Okay, it's an Eagles song, but I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to get to the segment anyway so that Mark Kite doesn't have to wait. Otherwise, I'd listen to this song. Hey, it's uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. And Sportsman's Warehouse also sponsors our Ask the Expert segment, which we're going to do right now. The Ask the Expert segment is you send in your outdoor question to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Whether it's fishing, hunting, camping, RVs, ATVs, outdoor cooking, outdoor clothing, whatever it is, you send in your question. If we choose to answer it on the air, you get a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse just for sending it in. Today's question is from Bernie in Denver. He goes, love your show. Love that, Bernie. Thank you. I have younger younger nephews ages 8 to 10 who were given small ATVs for their birthday. The question I have is is where in town can they use these? Two are gas, one is electric. We are new to off-road, and we're hoping to just use you just use in open space parks, if possible, near the near the Metro Denver. Joining us to answer that question, one of our our ATV expert, the man of the hour, and the man you've heard on this radio show many times from Sun. Power Sports, Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Terry. Good morning. How are you guys? You know, we're doing great. And, you know, of course, who better than to answer this question? Than, I mean, you guys are the ATV people in this town. You're the largest dealer. You have several brands. We'll get to that in just a minute. But tell people, how about his question? Are there places that his young nephews can use their ATVs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to answer Bernie's question, you know, um, there, there, there is. So, so here's what I'll tell you, Bernie. If you, uh, and all the listeners for that matter, if you guys want to check out a website, the website is rmxa.org. Now, don't be fooled. RMXA is Rocky Mountain Motocross Association, and I don't want to throw anybody off with that. But what you'll find if you go to rmxa.org, Terry, on the left side under race information, there is a link that says tracks. Now, again, I don't want to throw anybody off. What they have at most of the Denver metro area tracks is they have open spaces for riding. So a lot of ATV, a lot of side-by-side riding. In fact, 
you know, some of the new motocross tracks have actually built ATV-type tracks and side-by-side for Razor-type tracks. Um, you know, it's a great place to go out for the day. It's close. It's typically Denver metro area. One's in Bertha. They're a very good friend of ours. Owns one up in Erie, Colorado. So, you know, really local stuff. They charge typically 8 to 15 bucks a day per, per uh, ATV or side-by-side, and you can ride all day long for 8 bucks out there. And uh, it's nice just to get, you know, somewhere close to home and just be able to ride for the day. So rmxa.org left side click on the link that says tracks and that'll run you through all of the local tracks and open spaces to ride in the denver metro area so yeah i hope uh, i hope that helps bernie and all the listeners that's fantastic mark while i got you on the line you guys at sun have atvs do you sell these smaller atvs for youngsters too we do. I've got a full line of the smaller ATVs, you know, from six years, uh, and there are some age requirements. But uh, anyway, yeah, from six years uh, on up, and then, uh, yeah, just outside the Denver metro area, let me add this here, too, just for all the listeners as well. We have a really, really good selection of trail maps and trail books here at the dealership. So if you want to get just outside of the Denver metro area or even up a little bit further, we have trail maps and trail books that we sell here, and it'll run you through what the trails are like, you know, beginner to expert level, just depending on what you're looking for. And so that's also a great, great tool as far as, you know, riding in the outdoors here in Colorado as well. And you have those maps right at the store. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. So people, so you've got choices. You can go to a controlled track and go to that website, which I'll have you give again in a little later before we get off. And we can come get the trail book and find some maybe available trails and uh, get out on those type of things and take advantage of it in a little less controlled, maybe out in the woods environment. We're also getting towards hunting season, Mark. A lot of ATVs are going to start coming into play. Tell people about the selection you have down there at Sun. Oh, gosh. You know, it's uh, it's so big. We just took on the Can-Am line. So we've got uh, the BRP Can-Am line. So uh, we do Honda. We do Kawasaki. Uh, we do Polaris, of course, and then also uh, the Can-Am lineup. So, yeah, just uh, truly the biggest selection in Colorado, hands down, of ATVs and side-by-sides for, for hunting and, and off-road riding. Another thing about with hunting season coming up, a lot of guys want to accessorize them. They want to winch. They want to scabbard, things like that. You carry all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've actually got hunters' additions on the floor ready to go that have heated hand grips, winches. They have gun scabbards. I mean, they're, they're, they're literally they're ready to take off the showroom floor and go right up and, and do some hunting. I tell you what, they, where were the heated did hand things when I was ice fishing with you and it was 20 below. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's coming up pretty soon, too. But I tell you, we had some fun zipping around the ice up at Granby on those ATVs, and boy, did we catch some fish. Yes, we sure did. No doubt about that. Tell, tell, them, tell everybody again. First, tell them where they find you, and then tell them about the map and about the website. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you can find us. Uh, we're located in Thornton, Colorado. We're right off of the I-25 and 84th Avenue exit. You go east two blocks to Pearl Street and then uh, head north on Pearl, five-acre campus. You can't miss us. Big, big, big dealership. And then uh, just a reminder again, rmxa.org, um, Rocky Mountain Motocross Association.org, and uh, go to the track link, and that'll show you some open spaces. It's not just motocross tracks. Again, I want to reiterate that. There are some open spaces to just ride and, and park your truck in the back and have lunch and ride for the day. Um, so, yeah, and then trail maps. We have them here on site, and you can pick up a trail map that'll cover really the entire Rocky Mountain region, and uh, it'll go through all the trails as far as you know, beginner to expert level, just depending on what you want to do for the day. Mark, thanks for being our expert today. Hey, thank you so much, Terry. You guys have a great day. Yeah, we'll stop by and see you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Mark Bye. Kite from Sun Power Sports. Great guy, great organization. I mean, if you're looking for a motorcycle or an ATV, there is no other place you should go. Um, for sending that question in, Bernie gets a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse just for sending it in. You can take advantage of our Ask the Expert 
um, opportunity. And I tell, there's a couple reasons I like this. One, it lets you participate in the show. We do a, We try to do a segment every week or almost every week where we have a question from the listeners. It helps us with programming because we're, we're addressing what you want to know. Now, we can't answer all the questions, even, even in person or on the air for sure, but we try to get as much information back to you as we can. But the other thing it does, it helps us with programming. When you um, send in the Ask the Expert question to us, that allows us, if we get five or six similar questions, we know that there's a real interest level out there that we need to address that and maybe several segments over a few weeks so we can get the information out so you can go out and enjoy it. And that's what this show is about. That's why you want to follow us on Facebook. You want to make sure that you know what's going on in the show. Uh, you want to follow us on our YouTube channel, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and follow my column in the Denver Post. All of those have links on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. That's the best way to follow us. Of course, we want you to tune in all the time, but send an Ask the Expert. To send your Ask the Experts, you send your question to Outdoors at Gmail. And if we answer it on the air, you get $25 gift card just for sending it in. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter.